A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, a whole lot of stories were told. Seriously, it's hard to keep track of everything in the Star Wars universe. Through films, comic books, TV shows, novels, and much, much more, sorting out what is legend, what is canon, and which stories are told from a certain point of view can be a bit tough. We're here to help you sort through that mess and to stay up to date with what's going on in the galaxy. So sit tight, strap in, grab your favorite co-pilot if you want to, and get ready to make the jump to light speed. Ladies, gentlemen, Wookiees of all ages, these are the Holocron Chronicles. Welcome to the Holocron Chronicles. This is episode four. I'm your host, Mark the Canardian Carabin, and I'm joined as always by my amazing co-pilot, Charlie Carden. Charlie, how are you doing tonight? Whoa, we're good. We're on the eve of the recovery of the United States of America. Tomorrow is inauguration day. We couldn't be happier. It's good stuff. Absolutely, yeah. By the time people are listening to this, uh, I guess, you know, depending on what time I drop it live, uh, you guys will have a new president sworn in. So it'll be uh, the starting of, of a, a new trilogy, I suppose, or, or whatever you guys yes, want to do. Yeah, sure, why not? Or as I think John Stewart on The Daily Show once referred to it as the changing of the sheets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good yes, stuff. The, so the it's, new you know, republic. It is the New Republic versus the, you know, I don't know, Trump kind of has a, an Empire Emperor Palpatine vibe to him without yeah. all the uh, the lightning shooting out of his fingers, although... Thank goodness. You know, it, it maybe, you know, it, he wouldn't have kept it private. If that was something he could do, we would have seen it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that'd be good for anyone. Mm-mm-mm-mm. No, so, so, yeah, so we're here, obviously, we're talking about... Um, uh, things that dropped Star Wars related uh, in the month of December. So last month, obviously, mm-hmm. we're going to talk a lot about The Mandalorian because The Mandalorian did wrap up. Yes. Um, but we have some more pressing news first, which is right up your alleyway. So why don't you talk about that? Yeah, so we got some pretty exciting news. Uh, now, this came in January, but we're doing it now because, uh, you know, we're not going to wait till February to talk about this exciting stuff. Uh, so we're breaking a little bit before we get into the December recap. But, uh, yeah, Lucasfilm Games just got announced. So basically, uh, Lucasfilm Games is, is taking over... Uh, game production, I suppose. So not quite development, but uh, up until very, very recently, uh, EA, the the video game company EA, has had the Star Wars license. They were the only ones basically allowed to make Star Wars games uh, aside from like the Lego licenses, which are completely different. But now... Everything is coming under Lucasfilm Games. Uh, It's not only Star Wars. We've got the announcement of uh, a new Indiana Jones game as well, which is very, very exciting. But uh, we're going to talk about Star Wars for a second because, uh, first off, the EA license, uh, their exclusivity seems to be over. uh, But that does not mean 
that EA cannot make any more Star Wars games. In fact, they're both EA and Lucasfilm games have come forward saying we're very excited to continue working together. Uh, personally, on a, on a personal note, Jedi Fallen Order was my favorite game last year. I am currently replaying it, and it is so, so good. Uh, and I just can't wait for a sequel. Uh, Star Wars Squadrons has been great. I've been playing that one as well. Um, so I'd be really sad if they said EA can no longer make these games, which means we don't get Jedi Fallen Order 2 or another Squadrons game or whatever. Uh, so I'm, I'm really happy to see that continue and it's kind of interesting because i think their license was supposed to go 10 years and it was signed in 2013 if i'm not mistaken uh which means they ended it a couple of years early so i'm wondering if there was some back-end deals that they said you look ea if you make us go <laughs> my, my thinking is they said ea if you don't let us do our own thing with lucasfilm games after 2023 you will never touch the star wars license again if you play nice you can make uh, you can make Star Wars games as much as you want, and and we'll have a lucrative friendship. And there could have been some money exchange or whatever to pay off a contract. But uh, I'm I'm guessing it was something along those lines. But it could have been a number of things. Uh, but one of the exciting announcements from this whole thing is that Ubisoft and Massive Enter Entertainment are officially developing a new story-driven open-world Star Wars game. And that is super exciting. Uh, Ubisoft have made the Assassin's Creed franchise. Uh, most recently, Todd and I had our, one of our favorite games of the year, uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising over on co-op mode, actually just won our game of the year for the, nice. the Couchy Awards. Uh, that's a Ubisoft game. And Massive Entertainment, this team... Uh, made a couple of uh, games called The Division, and they're using the same engine here. So those ones were kind of uh, fantastical real world of what if uh, something kind of disaster happened, but they took place in real world locations like Washington and, and whatever. Um, and they were, they were a little bit more gritty than something very colorful like, uh, like Immortals. So I'm really excited to see what they do with this. Uh, I'm wondering if it will be a very gritty game because so far most of the Star Wars games, again, aside from the, the Lego games, are more realistic. But, you know, playing Immortals, uh, my brother and I were talking about this and saying it would be kind of cool to see kind of a stylized Star Wars game. So, uh, Charlie, I know you don't play too many games, but I'm going to pitch this to you anyway. If you were to play a game, what kind of visual style? We know this is going to be story driven open world but what visual style would you rather them go realistic and keep to the jedi fallen order kind of look or would you rather it a little bit more stylized like something like clone wars rebels or something different you know what i've enjoyed about it, and again when it comes to the games i've talked about oh man i love those little cutscene movies i love the because it feels you know as much as video games can like you it's like it's a real you are there because you feel like mm -hmm. you're you're with you know you you're you're taking the role of a, of a, of a realistic as looking possible person uh your locales are real it feels very real so i really like that so i would love to see you know and when you say open world i think about you know the lego games are all very open world because it's like mm -hmm. i'm in metro like i just bought i actually todd got me to buy a video game today i bought lego dc super villains because he's That's like a good oh, one. It's 20 bucks. Buy it. I'm like, all right, fine. Because uh, I just wrapped up Lego Clone Wars, which I hadn't played in because I had uh, PlayStation Now. And that mm -hmm. game has otherwise been out of print for probably 
eight or ten years, and and I loved it, and I loved replaying it. But again, it's all open world because you're on, you know, you're on a Republic ship, and there's certain missions you can do, and then you have to go over to the Separatist ship, mm. and there's other missions that you can do, and you got to do this, and you got to do that. So it's just very, very involved to get to 100%. So I love that. For me, I guess I'm I'm used to that that Lego format where I like to be able to track like, well, this is how far I've gotten, and this is the side quest I've got to do, or blah blah blah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I but. I've loved watching Battlefront 2. I've watched that a couple times. I, I watched The Fallen Order. Uh, I really ought to sit down and watch Squadrons because, again, the X-Wing pilots are really my thing. That's my cosplay thing. You know, we've got our mm-hmm. own little little squadron, the Dragon Snakes. Um, so, yeah, that would be totally cool. I would I would love to see something that kind of follows that format. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to learn more about this, and, and I guess we'll see pretty soon. Hopefully, uh, I'm guessing later this year we make might get some more details i hope they don't make us wait like a full other year or more or whatever but uh it is it is very exciting lucasfilm games we're we're going to get i i hope even more than just this i th- i hope as uh, as e3 or whatever replaces it this summer uh kind of comes in we'll learn about a few more star wars licenses or or fingers crossed jedi fallen order 2 and uh, and a little bit more about the indiana jones game that's that's going to be really really exciting and and just for the video game nerds listening uh that one if you haven't heard is by machine games and the team at bethesda the interesting part about that is that microsoft just purchased bethesda or is in the middle of purchasing bethesda which could mean indiana jones is an xbox exclusive Oh no! <laughs> Which is great for me because I'm an Xbox guy. Uh, ah. But it, it it could also they they are they've already said that when it makes sense they are perfectly open to having Bethesda games on multiple platforms. They're not going to just instantly say Bethesda games like uh, you know Doom, Wolfenstein, um, the Elder Scrolls games. Like all of these are usually big multi-platform games that are on every single device. I mean, Skyrim is literally on Alexa. Uh, so, so, you know, so, so Microsoft owning that now, like they're not suddenly just going to pull this giant money-making franchise from all these devices and say like, no, you you have to buy an Xbox. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where Indiana Jones finally ends up. But, uh, as, as an Indiana Jones fan, and an Xbox guy, I'm kind of like, oh, this could be Xbox's Uncharted. This could be like a big deal for them. And uh, I'm kind of, in a way, hoping that it's exclusive. But also, I'm just hoping that this is a massive game that everyone can enjoy. So I, I don't know how to feel. But uh, anyway, we'll uh, we'll see where it all goes. And we'll, we'll definitely keep people posted right here. Cool. Good deal. Good deal. Well, all right. Well, thank you for that is a video game guy not necessarily my cup of tea but it's good to get out there and i love to see uh the influence of star wars spreading across multiple formats but let's get into the meat of it let's do the uh chronicon uh, what what is the super clever name i gave the segment cron o update o <laughs> for december uh december. just rolls off the tongue i know just you could tell how i actually had to stop and look it up again mm-hmm. uh no well we're talking about we we had uh i think five or six different titles a couple of them got dropped um so the titles we got 
we'll just kind of go through these and then maybe at the uh, maybe either at the end of the show or the end of the segment, we'll pick a favorite. Does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds great to me. Okay, so I'll read the first one because that kind of my favorite Star Wars title is the the main Marvel title. Uh, issue nine came out in December. Uh, publisher summary: Operation Starlight begins as the Rebel Pathfinders undertake a desperate mission to the Imperial Core. That is right. Uh, there is a mission uh, to go to the Imperial uh, Museum on Coruscant to uh, basically steal an ancient droid uh, hiding the key to salvation for the Rebel Alliance, which if you remember from the last issue, they're under siege. All their codes have been broken. Uh, mm-hmm. Their their fleet squadrons are being picked off one by one. Uh, so they got, they got to find a way to change up the game. So uh, the Rebel Elite team, the Pathfinders, must pull off a daring heist right under the nose of the Emperor himself. Obviously, we said on Coruscant and Lando and Lobot are in the mix. Awesome story, you know, yeah. and, and, and uh, as it was reflected, I love that this really pulled us out of. And again, being that this is just post Empire Strikes Back, uh, we're, we're not really dealing with the Han, Luke and Leia uh, triad because, you know, Han's not part of the story right now. But this it just kicked it into a new group of characters. Yes, Lando was in the mix, but Leia wasn't on the mission. Luke wasn't mm-hmm. on the mission. So this was what I like, which was, you know, and, and again, to me, embraces a lot of the Star Trekiness of a storytelling is that you have a cast of characters and everybody uh, gets to play an occasional part. And it's not just about Kirk, Spock and McCoy. You know what I mean? It's like in, yeah. in next generation where Jordy gets an episode and data gets an episode and you know, God forbid, Beverly Crusher gets an episode. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so yeah, this was, I mean, I'll go ahead and put it right out there. This was my favorite story, a comic story of the month for sure. Yeah, I think, I think uh, we're going to land in agreement on that one, but uh, first let's, let's talk about uh, Darth Vader eight. So this is continuing. Darth Vader is uh, is still on Mustafar dealing with the eye. Uh, so the publisher summary for this one, Into the Fire, hungry for veg- vengeance after his brutal punishment at the hands of the Emperor, can Darth Vader uncover his master's secrets in the depths of Mustafar? <laughs> Stripped of his greatest weapons, can the Dark Lord survive the fire and the eye? Or will he be overcome as the eye turns Vader's every question back to his own terrible secrets. Uh, so love it. I, yeah. I, I dug this one. I, I just think, like I said last time, I think the, the eye is such a weird <laughs> character thing that was like taken from the sequel artwork and, and now turned into a, a comic character, but that takes place before the sequel. So it's like taking something that should have been from, you know, fairly recent movies, but putting it back in the timeline of, of the original trilogy, uh, which, which I just, I think is cool. I love again, how, how badass Vader is here. He's, uh, you know, we saw him last time very quickly dispatch a bounty hunter just because, you know, almost like he was struggling it for a second, but then it seemed like he wanted the challenge and, and, uh, yeah, I, I kind of dug this, but, uh, like you said, I, I think we both have the similar favorite. So let's let's keep yeah. going. Yeah, and, and like I said, I enjoyed it too. I think this has taken a good turn. Uh, it's good to see Vader kind of on his own outside of his like traditional oh, he's big bad, uh, mm-hmm. but that he's ha- having to really slug it out and he's falling apart and shit. And it's, it's well, crazy. yeah, it's just gonna with the droid leg and everything. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's such a it's such a different look at vader and uh he's he's vulnerable but also incredibly badass all at the same time so it's it's really really cool yeah no i dig it um last marvel story of the month is uh bounty hunters issue eight 
Uh, this is dealing with our buddy Valance and his ongoing uh, struggles to uh, get payback, get money, and just basically to survive. Uh, to pay back a debt, uh, Valance undertakes a rescue mission to save a crippled rebel transport. Uh, the dangerous job will take the bounty hunter deep into the heart of pirate-infested space, like shark-infested waters, uh, <laughs> of the Outer Rim. But lying in wait is both an old enemy and a new threat. Man, I mean, even reading the summary, mm-hmm. it's not making an impact on me. You know what I mean? I think this title is, <sighs> yeah. I think this title is okay, yeah. um, but when I hold it up against the other two, um, it, it's really not making a dent. There are some things that I've enjoyed about this title, mm-hmm. um, but for me, you know, it, it, I won't say necessarily it's lack of familiar characters because we do have the uh, we I, we have Forlam and Zuckus who are chasing him around, and they're they're the the partner, you know, the the bug guy and the droid dude you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and that's recognizable but again you know are, you know are you really stretching out plus you've got a writer uh ethan Sachs, who i'm not terribly familiar with i mean you know charles sewell is just killing it on the main title he's the guy yeah. he is the guy so i yeah i just you know this this really wouldn't be the one for me but you know it's it's good you know it's good in all that they try and again <laughs> you, you know if something is end up ending up being successful or not because if it's not you don't see it anymore that that's it. I, I'm glad you said that because, like like we said last time, I'm kind of new to the comic book world of Star Wars. I'm I'm really trying to catch in and dive into or to catch up and dive into to everything. And uh, you know, some of them I've gone back and I've read back issues, and we talk about the full recap last time, and I have continued to go back and 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 really just soak in as much as possible. But but. This one is just one that is not catching me. And, and I don't, like you said, I don't know exactly the reason. It's, there are some cool characters and maybe it's lack of familiarity, but if it was a cool enough character or story arc, then that shouldn't matter, I would think. But uh, maybe it is that the other books are hitting so hard right. and so good that it's like, well, you know, why? Why? <laughs> I'm not not super concerned with what, with what's going on over here because the other place is so, so good. So it's just like, okay, well my attention's uh, definitely drawn. I hear you. So anyway, maybe it'll get better. Maybe it won't, but uh, stepping outside of Marvel territory, we jump over to IDW publishing uh, for you. Yeah. For the star Wars adventures. This is a special issue. Smugglers run. Uh, this looks like this is a tale of, and again, we didn't necessarily pick these up. You and I tend to stick to the Marvel comics. Yeah. Uh, these adventures are, are written for a younger younger audience, but publisher summary is as such. After the Battle of Yavin, uh, Han and Chewie intend to use their reward to settle their debts. This seems like this is a story that has been told again and again, and then canon gets wiped out, and they tell. It's like this is just like one of those pivotal. So I, I'm already feeling a little fuzzy about this. Uh, Leia asked them and said to accept a secret message for the resistance should be the rebellion uh moral dangers traitorous enemies and 30 situations mark the path of these the two heroes of the star wars saga for kids okay for people like you and me i'm glad we didn't waste our time just does not at all sound remotely interesting sorry 100 yep yeah so i think uh yeah a little comic recap then what's your favorite Uh, oh we have we have one more unless i oh sorry no you know what we don't Never mind. Nope, uh, comic recap, real easy. Star, <laughs> Star Wars issue nine. Yeah. Uh, would definitely, definitely delivered. So, um, yeah, mo- uh, yeah. Moving on uh, into 
pros. Why don't you take number one and I'll take number two? Sounds good to me. So number one, we got the art of the Mandalorian season one. Uh, I I think I need to pick this up. I absolutely love the credit art in all of the Mandalorian uh, episodes. I love any kind of behind the scenes, whether it's concept art, character, costume sketches, vehicle, creature designs. And this book has them all. So that is awesome. The publisher summary uh, says it's the official behind the scenes companion to the Disney plus star Wars series, the Mandalorian. It features exclusive concept art, character, costume sketches and vehicle and creature designs. Uh, The art of star Wars, the Mandalorian takes fans behind the scenes of the first ever live action star Wars television series. It's filled with concept art sketches and interviews with key cast crew and creatives, including ex Blah blah blah. blah, blah, blah. producer, showrunner, writer John Favreau, and uh, just basically hero to the Star Wars universe, I guess. Uh, and Dave Filoni, uh, another just Star Wars god at this point. Uh, the art of Star Wars: The Mandalorian will provide readers with an exclusive look at a whole new universe of Star Wars characters, locations, and vehicles. Holy crap! Yeah, I think I need to pick this up. Yeah, and, and, and at 256 pages, it is packed with all of that stuff mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean you know the mandalorian and again we're going to talk about that in a moment here because we're going to wrap up the the three final episodes of uh season two uh that aired in december um these are great i love the only print books that i even bother with anymore are reference books like this i yeah. love this kind of stuff i love to be able to sit down and and have a little bit of a deeper dive and kind of digest art and you know and again it's it's canonical material Mm-hmm. I'm assuming. I'm assuming. Um, but well, yeah, yeah. For the, I mean, kind of. Uh, it if it's if it's concept art, you're going to get the stuff that's not canon, which I love as well. Right. Uh, where where you're getting, you know, probably six different designs, especially if it's season one, you might get a dozen different designs for. Okay, well maybe Mando's armor can start out looking like this, or maybe his gun looks like this, or maybe this looks like that, or you know, because I mean they they took like the gun they took from the holiday special, I believe, right? Like that's right, exactly. Just like the, there's so many weird references and and little bits pulled from all over Star Wars history and new things that they're creating that maybe, you know, did the Razor Crest always look like the Razor Crest or did it look like the 15 other variations that they drew up in this book? So we're going to get to see the evolution of early sketch to what's in canon, which which I love that that evolution. So uh, that that kind of stuff to me is is really, really cool. I hear you. Uh, and then the uh, the next one out is uh, it's a reference book, uh, Star Wars Archives 1999 to 2005. So this is clearly in its entirety about the prequel trilogy. You know, uh, for the real diehards, I get it. Um, but the, the prequel trilogy for me is so hit and miss. I just don't really, I just don't really need to know anything else. So, you know, again, I think there's, you know, there's a niche for for every type of fan uh, that likes to see these, you know, behind the scene photos of Obi Wan sitting at a table and you know George Lucas sitting off uh, off camera looking disappointed at whatever it is he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just 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 doesn't doesn't really do it for me. Um, so I don't know where, where do you, where do you stand overall with the prequel trilogies? I mean, you're younger than me, so you saw them at a younger age. I mean, do you, do yeah. you feel that impacts your enjoyment in any way, shape or form? Uh, I think so in, in a way. I mean, I was, 
I was getting to an age where I could see some of the goofiness and and understand some of the cringiness of of the dialogue or or that kind of stuff. Now I was I was young and stupid enough to just be like, oh, but it's Star Wars and Jar Jar is funny. But like you know, it's it, I I <laughs> right. I was kind of getting. I was on the cusp of thinking that was incredibly lame. Uh, so I, I am, <laughs> yeah. I am lucky, I guess, in a way that I, I came in at, at a time that I could still enjoy them for what they were, but uh, I was starting to see the little cracks and, and creases more than I would even a couple of years earlier, if they had come out a little earlier. Um, I think I would have just watched it and be like, yay, shiny things and laser swords. Let's <laughs> go clap hands and, you know, yeah, clap yeah, your hands, everybody. Over. I got it. <laughs> like, ah, just, here you but, go. Here's your, here's your snack, little boy. Yeah, you know, putting snack pack in Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, so, I, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to rush out and get something like this, but I I appreciate the prequels for what they are, for the most part. And uh, and I am rewatching the Star Wars movies in a very special order that I made up myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? This is a good time to take a break. I want your, your opinion on this order for a second, if I could. Uh, so I made this... I made this order up uh, a year ago or so when I was I was working with someone who said that he never saw a Star Wars movie ever, and he was wondering if the best the best viewing order uh, was the release order or like the the actual numerical order, or if if I would suggest something else, if there were skippable ones or anything else. So I came up with this just as a little thought experiment. And we'll see what you think. Okay. So you start off with A New Hope because I think that's where Star Wars started and you should always start with A New Hope. If you're right. not watching in chronicle, chronological order, that's right. the best place to start. Then you go to Rogue One. Okay. So you immediately see the events that led to what you just watched. Okay. Interesting. Then you go back to Empire. So you kind of pick the story back up after you see the destruction in Rogue One and you see a little bit of where it led. Then you, So you go back to Empire. Um, then, after the big I am your father revelation, you say, well, how the hell did he go from someone's father to a giant, mostly robot, evil villain? So right. that's when you go back to episode one, two, and three. Now, when okay. I was writing this, I said... Go watch the fight scene in episode one, and you can skip the rest. Uh, <laughs> at le- at so, least of episode one, sure. I, I said, you know, I said it's the most skippable of, of anything else. But that's you watch one, two, and three in their order, uh, in there to find out. You know, you see the turn from Anakin to Darth Vader, and then you get kind of a backstory on this this villain, and then you go back to Return of the Jedi after the original the one, two, three trilogy. Uh, so then you finish off. The uh, the original trilogy, Return of the Jedi, that's over. Then you go to Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. So you then at the end of Force Awakens, uh, spoiler alerts. I don't know. We probably shouldn't have to do spoiler alerts. I'm guessing. I I, I don't I don't think any, yeah. So uh, yeah, anybody who would listen to the show yeah, like the, this the would Force Awakens, well. you see Han Solo die at the end. So then, as a little like backstory on there, you go back and watch Solo. Oh, okay, okay. I kind of like that. Then you then you round it out with Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. 
So basically everything in here is you watch something happen and then you see why it happened or you watch something happen and then you get a little backstory on it basically is, is my thought process here. Um, so that's, that's, that's my watch order, but I've never watched it like this myself. <laughs> so. Real, you know, and that's, it's, it's a compelling notion. The, 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 what I embrace right now is that uh, even kind of leaving rogue one and solo out of it, I do, uh, four and five, one, two, three, six, and then seven, eight, nine. Okay. Um, I think based on what you're saying, I agree with where solo goes, but I love feeling like rogue one and episode four are kind of a long story that they should be joined together because it's interesting when you, when you read the, from a certain point of view, uh, novel, like we talked about last month, there's one for empire. Now there was one for uh, a new hope back in 2017 for the 40th anniversary uh, of that film. And they make it clear canonically uh, that there was only about an hour mm-hmm. between the end of Rogue One and what we see with the, uh, at the end of the, the crawl in episode yep. four. And so I like to be like, uh, turn it off right when the credit starts and then turn it right <laughs> back on. And I feel like I'm there. So to me, yeah. I, I, I'll agree. I'll give you a 50 percent of my agreement. I agree. I agree with the solo placement. I think that works because you're like, oh, Han Solo, you know, blah, 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 his life. Who was he? And then Mm -hmm. he jumped back and take a peek for me. I but I do like Rogue One uh, and and uh, episode four, like conjoined twins kind of stuck together because I feel like it's just one. And I will be honest, uh, my original take at writing this out did have those two flipped. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I said for so th- this was a summer student so the kid's like maybe 19 20 years old and i thought if he watches rogue one and then tries to watch star wars it is going to be such a, a culture shock i don't know how many movies from the 70s that this guy has watched and is that going to be jarring when he starts especially the re-release version with some weird cgi you get like the the you know han solo talking to jabba thing and it like Watching that right after Rogue One, I was I was trying to determine like, will he still like Star Wars: A New Hope? Will he still like that if he watches Rogue One first? So that my my placement of that was not so much of I think it should be watched in this way. It was more of like let's let's try to coax this kid into watching all of these movies. Right. Um, so I I will agree with you on on that variation. I think Rogue One immediately followed by a new hope is like the right. perfect way to watch this. You see right. the Darth Vader scene and then you just boom, instant opening yeah, right. crawl for episode four. Uh, right. So yeah, I'll, I'll give you that too. I'll, I'll agree on that one with you. Cool. Good deal. Good deal. Awesome. All right. Well, let's move it on to what I call the thickness, the meat. Uh, <laughs> this would be the live action uh, portion. That It's funny, you know, five years ago, there wouldn't have, there would have barely been anything to talk about because there was no TV. But uh, wrapping up the month of December, we had uh, chapters 14, uh, 15, and 16 uh, of the uh, season two of The Mandalorian. Um, these have been talked about so much, I feel like maybe we could even just kind of roll this into one conversation. Um, yeah. Unless you feel differently. Um, episode 14 uh, is the journey to Tython. So, uh, you know, fresh off of uh, uh, Jen meeting meeting Ahsoka and, and doing a mission with her in episode 13, uh, he ends up on this planet. And this is where uh, Grogu needs to go in order to uh, potentially contact a Jedi who can, you know, lead him to his destiny. Well, they, they land there, and he's like, set him on top of a rock. And he sets him on top of a rock. 
And he turns around because he hears a noise in the distance, and it's Slave One. And we know what that means, but mm-hmm. probably the Mandalorian doesn't know what it means. And he turns around, he's like, kid, we got to get out of here. And you see just Grogu ensconced in Jedi, you know, Jedi disco lights. Um, so things get real wacky from here. So <laughs> uh, obviously the ship lands. Uh, we got a guy, a guy who pops out who reveals himself to be Boba Fett. Ooh. And... Boba Fett's sidekick. Who? Where? When? <laughs> uh, he, you know, he reveals that uh, Fennec Shan, who we thought was dead last season, is his sidekick. Uh, so, you know, we get into a crazy bit. You know, Boba wants his armor back, but then you got Mando saying, uh, well, you're not a real Mandalorian, and I'm a religious wingnut, so <laughs> you obviously are not. You know, so you get, they're like, you know, you know what? fuck off, dude. We don't want to hear your bullshit. <laughs> um, and they don't have much time to argue because then who shows up? A bunch of friggin' Imperials. That's right. Real, real non-dirty looking stormtroopers. And then it just turns into this 15 to 20 minute ass whooping fest. Boba gets his armor back. He's kicking the shit out of people. Uh, and but, you know, at the end of it, the dark troopers swoop down uh, from Moffy Giddy's ship. They snag up Greggy and they are gone. So we got trouble. We got trouble right there on Tython. So the episode wraps up with Mando uh, going back to uh, why well, I want to say the name of the the planet. What's the name of the, uh, Navarro? Uh, yes. Because because that's where uh, that's where Kara is. He says, "I need your help. Uh, we got to get going." And then it leads directly to that's right a filler episode, <laughs> <An> episode <laughs> chapter fifteen. It was a filler episode that I don't know. I ended up enjoying, but it, you it know had what? some talk, great yeah. moments. Go I for think, it. You, yeah. you, you talk. You talk about this one. Sure. Yeah. So this one, uh, you know, they they needed to get into an imperial um, facility. They needed they needed some information. So who do they turn to? Our old friend, Space Boston Billy. Yes. <laughs> He's my guy. And I like Mayfield. So for the from the first season, uh, you know he's he's arrested. So they have to go. And and I think we talked about this. And we, we were saying, you know, I, I hope this isn't just a prison break episode, kind of mirroring the episode from the first season, because. I really thought that would slow down this whole season of like, you know, we got to break him out and then they break him out. And is the next episode going to be, they get to the facility. So I was very happy to start this off and see them just kind of land on this planet and say, we're taking this prisoner and them say, okay, cool. That was it. <laughs> you know, And then they instantly started this mission on Morak. So uh, they, they go down and we, we get to see Mando kind of fight with, should he take off his mask to change into Imperial gear once they, they get some of that. Um, so it's kind of interesting there. So we've got this little crew kind of heading down and, uh, they hijack a juggernaut. I believe the vehicle yeah, is it, Imperial it, it, juggernaut. Did it, kind of uh, like, did it look like an old clone tank? It was kind of similar. Yeah. Yeah, something yeah, like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they they do that. It's it's filled with explosives, so they have to drive carefully. And there's raiders and and invaders uh, trying to get them. So, uh, you're you're kind of like, at one point, like or or at, anyway, at one point for me, I I said, you know, should should I be cheering for these like, for all intents and purposes, rebels that are are thinking they're fighting Imperials, 
but it's actually Mando and Mayfield or like, should you be cheering for Mando and Mayfield? And then they, they keep driving. There's like the pirate attack and they, they're, they're getting closer to the bridge. And then these stormtroopers come and they're helping Mando and Mayfield who are dressed as stormtroopers fight off these pirates. And you're like, who am I supposed to be cheering for right now? Cause usually anyone fighting the empire would be my friend. So is it like the, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to be cheering for the pirates who might blow Mando up or the stormtroopers who they should be blowing up. But it's like it was such a confusing moment for me. But uh, anyway, I don't. Did, did, did you kind of feel the same way watching this? Yeah, he's right. You know, <laughs> it, it throws a whole lot of emotion. They're like, well, what's am I rooting for nobody? Am I rooting for somebody? Am I what's going on? You know, who's on first? What the hell's going on? That's so, it. yeah, it, it was it was a little bit confusing. And you're still trying to figure out if. You know, if Mayfield is, he's just kind of a general dumbass, you know, uh, and then, yeah, you get into you get into a context of him where he's uh, he's like, uh, OK, we get into the facility and uh, I, I love Imperial security. You got to walk up to this terminal and show it your face. And because you have a face, you can get this highly classified intel. Oh, good. OK, okay. so because I have a face, I, I have mean, a I could, about this. OK, I could be Luke Skywalker, but I've got a face. So, so, I, but so yeah, all right. So what's the theory? Here, what's the deal? Here's my theory: is there's so many stormtroopers and so many Imperials that I'm I'm wondering. This is after the fall of the Death Star. I'm wondering if their network is kind of shattered. Right, right. Well, you would imagine how, because they're, how, they're so fringy. Right. So it's probably hard to keep track of who's still good, who's turned over. You, you could sure you could wipe out the the data file if they had face recognition. You could wipe that out and build a new database. Or because the biggest security threat to your Death Star um, was, you know, droids. R2 stole a lot of stuff from them right, uh, right. You know, last true, time. True. So is is it just literally, are you a human with a face? Because <laughs> right. that's what we trust. You know, at this point, the, the Empire that's living, and we see this with uh, the the – officer um right the valen hess right yes, uh, yes, that, yeah, that, that was... mayfield worked with he's he's a cocky son of a gun so you have to think these remaining uh these remaining imperials are pretty cocky so they're saying no one's getting past our defenses right you're not getting past the pirates you're not getting in here if you're anyone other than the people we want to let in so why would they worry about big security? They're they're worried about droids. They just don't want other things, you know, flying in through a window or, or sneaking on or whatever undetected. Right. <laughs> they're they're like a human's not going to get in here. Yeah, I mean, you know? it just just really further underscores just the arrogance of the empire and kind of why th- these guys can't even figure out why they got their asses kicked so many it. times. That's because that's yeah, you exactly got guys it. like well, you know. Operation Cinder, sir, was great. And if you're familiar with Operation Cinder, it, it was in Battlefront 2, where uh, ba- basically the Emperor said, well, if I die, I think that these worlds, uh, I think they got to go because, uh, and then anybody who I think is, he's very Trump-like. I, I swear <laughs> to God, the parallels just grow. I feel like this is absolutely something Trump would do. Well, yeah. places that I deem worthy are going to go to this cool set of coordinates in the unknowns and everybody else, fuck them. They're just going to blow them out. So, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Great. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. I. I. I yeah. So I, that's that's my headcanon around this because otherwise it's it's just a plot for the plot's sake of Mando taking his helmet off and getting his face scanned and then the whole oh yes we call him brown eyes thing and and you know Mayfield's like acting all cool but then the best scene 
in this whole episode is their little chat at the table with this other officer and you know mando's mando's so like stiff and awkward and he's un- like clearly visibly uncomfortable uh and i think you guys said on code 47 that that he kind of turns his whole body right uh, because true. because he's used to having the helmet on so even his expressions and movements are like he's so used to living with this helmet on that everything's kind of jilted a little bit right and and then it, like partway through this conversation mayfield just shoots this guy and it's like, I can't believe he's going to do this. He's going to do this. He's going to do And then he does it. And it's just like. Yeah, I know. Just you're, like you feel so much anger and everything in that moment that he's just like, yeah, I'm going to shoot you right now. And he does. And then every like the shit hits the fan. Obviously, they're in the middle of a, an Imperial compound. So they bust out the window and you've got snipers going off. And then his Mayfield shot of uh the explosive tank at the end of it it just like you see the satisfaction on his face like i told you i wasn't with the empire like i i deserve to be on this team oh man for a filler episode some badass moments i think so too and it really and again fleshed out a character that initially felt kind of disposable when we met him in, in season yep. one, he thought, well, that's that's all of uh, Bill Burr. And again, people, oh, Bill Burr, this and that. Why is he starting? He's got an accent, blah, blah, blah. It's like, man, God, fanboys will find ways to be pissed off about anything. But anyway, myself I, being a fan. talk of, about the, the Boston accent. you got to pick apart, like, why is there an English accent? Why yeah, is there, well, yeah. what, like, why is there anything? Like, make a, you know, there's, there's so many people in so many of these movies have accents. And, you know, like, why does, <laughs> like, why does well, anyone talk like anything? It's, and it's, what, and, they, and they want to they want to pick apart um, people of different skin color b- by using racial identities on Earth. Oh, a black stormtrooper. <laughs> oh, an Asian. This there, there's no black and there's no Asian. There's right. they're just they're people from a thousand different systems, as they said. So anyway, I'm yeah. sure we could talk about this all day, but let's move on to the meat, the juice, the thing that, in my opinion, not only made the month of December but all of 2020. As yep. far as I can for Star Wars, that would be episode 16, The Rescue. So, uh, we, you know, uh, Mando and uh, Kara uh, figure out that they're definitely going to need some more help. So we're going to go back and we're going to grab Bo Karen uh, and we're going to grab her wrestler sidekick. And the other guy is missing. Um, yeah. But they've got Boba and they've got Fennec. So they got this squad together and they're like, we got the coordinates. We know where Moffy Giddy is. Uh, we got to go get the kids. So you you down, and they're down, and they go, and they get on board, and it is just whiz bang, smash them up, blowing up a bunch of stormtroopers. The dark troopers get, re- or the, you know, the the dark troopers, which is basically the Star Wars, you know, Iron Man armor gets released. Mm-hmm. And you know, Alex and I talked a lot about this. <laughs> I just loved it when they're going to escape from the bay, and Mando manages to shut it down, and only one of them gets out. And this thing. Grabs Mando and starts punching him in the face, just mm. punching him so hard that he's not going to do a bulkhead. I'm like, ah, oh my god, what the hell? Um, yeah, it is just crazy. So, you know, the the fight goes on. You know, in in single uh, combat, uh, Mando is able to defeat Moffy Giddy. He's able to get the dark saber away uh, and and rescue Grogu, and th- they drag him to the bridge. But uh, at this point, the dark troopers that that uh, Mando was effective in flushing into space. Well, they're robots. So they all come back and they come up to the bridge 
and they're going to punch their way through the door and kill everybody until a lone X-Wing drops out of hyperspace, flies in front of the bridge, and then Kara, with her mouth, oh boy, one X-Wing, we're, we're <laughs> in good shape now. And then it's five minutes of the most tripped out shit that you've seen in your life! Mark, yes. What, what, what happens? What happens? You, you, and I love, and you guys explained it so well. I think if anyone has skipped the Code 47 episode, you, you guys did a fantastic job, and I'm still sorry that I missed that episode, but thank you for, for dedicating it to my grandfather. I thought that was very sweet. Uh, but, um, yeah, so you see this all kind of take place for the most part at first through the monitor screen. So you're kind of like, okay, well, it could be anyone on an X-Wing. So it could still be, uh, you know, it, it could still be Ahsoka. Or it could still be uh, Mace Windu. It could still be Cal Kestis. It could be anyone who just stole or happens to have an X-Wing or some unknown Jedi. Uh, but you're kind of like with an X-Wing, like, it, you know, could this be Luke? Could could this be what i want it to be and uh, we see the lightsaber and he's he's cutting through these dark troopers which i thought it was such a brilliant play to show mando who so far for two full seasons has been a badass aside from boba fett fighting which we kind of skipped past that but like his whole fighting style was so brutal in that episode where he comes back to get the armor like i freaking loved that and they they built that weapon for him and he's just mowing through the stormtroopers kind of like this guy starts mowing through these dark troopers mm -hmm. and it just starts to show you like mando might be badass but there are there's a reason why jedi are legends and uh and this is why because he's going through these things that almost one of them almost took mando out and he's cutting through them like a hot knife through butter mm. uh, or a hot labor lightsaber through dark troopers, I guess. Yeah, right. uh, so the the shot for me was the gloved hand. And then you see that green lightsaber. And at that point, I'm standing up in my living room just going, it's Luke, it's Luke, it's Luke. And uh, and my you, wife, you, of course, is just like, you and every you other geek around, yeah. around the globe. Because we were because uh, April and I always watch we always watch a show. First thing in the morning, we get up right around five o'clock because we're just early risers. The pets are up. The dog's got to go out, whatever. So we're just we're up. So on Friday mornings, it's Mando first thing. And so, yeah, it's this. And of course, I can't talk to anybody about it, but I'm like, ah, <laughs> just losing it. So, yeah, it was. Oh, my God, that moment. And then everything that happens once Luke gets onto the bridge and, and, and you know, Grogu is he's afraid and you've got to let him go. And then this is this tender moment. Uh, between Mando and uh, and and Grogu when Mando takes his helmet off, it's just Star Wars never has just never done anything like that. It was it really broke, well, it broke all of us because we were all crying. Sure. I mean, you oh, know, yeah. somebody who wasn't somebody who wasn't touched by that and it did make them feel something about a relationship in their own life because I think I think entertainment does best when it does that. It really does make you feel something that is uniquely unique to your own life and, and and this you know father son stuff for me in particular i have three sons you know i i had a son who passed away i have a son who is older and we, we don't talk much and and then I, I i have you know a son that i see all the time uh and then you know my own relationship with my dad growing up was pretty strange so father is father and son stuff in any medium always gets to me so this kind of stuff is just like eh, water works big time yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, with uh, with a new baby, uh, you know, and and watching this literally, 
uh, after work that Friday and, and holding my son mm-hmm. as I'm watching it. And like I said, I'm, I'm like jumping up in the living room and I'm like holding him tight. I at one point, like had to hand him off to my wife just so I could like freak out properly. <laughs> and then I, I see this stuff happen. I'm like, Oh no, give, give me back my boy. I'm not ready to give him up yet. And I'm watching this and I'm like holding <laughs> Finn and, uh, and it's just, yeah, like you said, just pulls at the heartstrings, like, like, Star Wars has not in the past, uh, you know, they, they've they've come close or, or tried to at a couple of different points, maybe, uh, but but nothing like this. So I thought this was just superbly done all around. And uh, what a season in retrospect. I mean, just God. Oh. just bangers after bangers after bangers like. And they <laughs> absolutely tee it up. You know, the episode ends, we go through the credits, and then we get uh, Star Wars's first, you know, real stinger uh, of, of consequence uh, that you just hear at Java's Palace. You're seeing a very pudgy Bib Fortuna, who's obviously been running the show for about a decade, and who walks in and kills what is uh, Samuel L. Jackson has that line from, I think it is. Foxy Brown, who's Tarantino movie, says he says the the Uzi when you absolutely got to kill every motherfucker in the room. <laughs> that's what he did. Wiped out everybody, freed the slave yeah. girl, uh, and then yeah, he shot Bib Fortuna. He pushes him off the uh, pushes him off the the throne chair. Sits down. Fennec stands next to him, takes a swig of her drink, and it says December 2021, the Book of Boba Fett. And everybody collectively peed a little. Let's let's not lie. Depends. Boba Boba is back and he's running the shit. So it's wow, holy yeah. cow! Yeah. So uh, you know we I know uh, it was uh, but Alex I think said uh, that he thinks this is going to be a jump. You know where they say the book of Boba Fett are there going to be different chapters of his life that kind of thing. Uh, where do you think this this show is going to go? Golly, I mean I don't know. You're right. Is this going to be you know him? reasserting you know things in his life that have gotten away like you know hey so-and-so screwed me out of this and that or you know i want the you know i want to go back to my home planet of camino or i you know am gonna take over you know the, you know the 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 hud empire here in the outer rim and make sure that things are handled correctly so i don't know i i really don't know you know where they could go with this the, the last thing you said is kind of where I think they're going to go. I think that just because this is the book of Boba Fett, well, all of the Mando episodes have been chapters so far. So if that's the book of, of the Mandalorian, then this could be, you know, chapter one, two, three, four, five, six of the book of Boba Fett. And I think they're just calling it that because, uh, but I, I really think that this, yeah, I, I think it's going to be kind of the Robin Hood story of, you know, the huts have been controlling the outer rim They've been the crime family and, you know, maybe there's a certain um, justification to some of their actions, but I think I can do better. And that, I think that's that's what we're going to see, this Robin Hood kind of story of uh, he's not quite good, but he's also not 100 percent bad. He's uh, he's a humble man just trying to make his way through the galaxy and uh, maybe make the galaxy a little better, a little worse. And uh you know, a little bit more to his tastes. So I, right. I think that's what's what what this is going to be. Uh, obviously, Boba Fett does not have any problem taking out a room full of people, but mm-hmm. uh, we've seen his character develop over the season to be a bit more of a noble kind of fighter, a noble kind of hero. And 
Yeah, I think we're going to see a little bit more of Boba unhinged. Right. <laughs> Boba unchained, like Django. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, the B is silent. Boba. Yes. Bobobert. So, yeah. well, that wraps up. Uh, that wraps up talking about the episode. So, the last segment we have is game. So, this is again going to be all you. It looks like this was an update to the old Republic game. Yeah, and uh, I'll be honest, I I don't play this game uh, a lot. I've uh, I think I played it first years ago. So, I, I yeah, really, I, this isn't really my uh, my my game for sure. But uh, they did come out with a new update it's called onslaught it's the seventh digital expansion this game has been going for a long ass time oh boy uh, considerable Remember. amount of story content uh quest to new areas in Onderon and mecha i believe gotcha. uh add a new flashpoint on corellia and an operation on the jungle planet of dexun Dex- anyway d-x-u-n Someone tell me how to pronounce that because I don't that, know. That, uh, yeah, that, that, that <laughs> seems like a, some good Twitter help right there. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, this reminds me of, you know, if they have a game and they just keep layering on. Uh, there has been since, God, the early early to mid-2000s, uh, Star Trek Online, that mm. they've been like, you know, we're now we're lumping a patch on for Klingons. And now we're lumping a patch on for Star Trek Discovery. And we're calling something this and that. So, yeah, I don't, and again, I don't, I don't get into games in general uh, a lot. But, you know, for, yeah, for someone who is, who's hungry for this kind of stuff, this, this patch sounded like it had, uh, it said the, the, the Echoes of Vengeance is what we're talking about. The one that, that came out on December 9th. Sounds like it, it touches a little bit on the Mandalorian story point. So, yes. That, that's cool. Thumbs up to that. Uh, but again, it's you know, it seems like if if they continue to release these and this has been around forever, then you'll look forward to seeing more as time goes on. So if you <laughs> di- you know what, if you dig it, keep on digging it. That's it. Yeah, I uh, I currently don't even have a Windows computer that I could play this on. So uh, oh if God. you are a fan, <laughs> if you are a fan of uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic and you would like to come on and geek out about that game and tell us all about it, yes, let please. us know. And, uh, and in fact, since we are now wrapping up the program, I can tell you how to do that. Uh, as always, I'd like to thank you for joining us, of course. We are a part of the Secret Friends uh, Facebook group and podcasting network. Uh, we are over on Twitter at Holocron. That's H-O-L-O-C-R-O-N, the letter U. So that at Holocron U and, of course, at Secret Friends U as well. But, yeah, jump on there. You know, if you hack away at this old Republic game and this is your scene and you're like, oh, you guys are really missing the boat, let us know. We would, we would love to hear about that. And uh, by dropping us a tweet at either of those handles, uh, you uh, have the opportunity to get yourself uh, a fabulous digital prize from our digital prize closet. Uh, as I would mentioned, we're a podcast network. Uh, you are currently listening to the Holocron Chronicles. Obviously, we're talking about Star Wars. Uh, over on Code 47, Alex Terry and myself talk about Star Trek, as I am uh, a very big Trek nut. Uh, co-op mode, uh, that is you, Mark, and Todd mm-hmm. Oxtra, my my soul brother, talking about video games. Uh, and then Secret Friends Unite is the weekly podcast that kicked it all off. It's kind of your general interest geek podcast where we talk about a lot of different stuff so um we do have a uh, a swag store over at 
Tee Public. Uh, T-shirts, hoodie sweatshirts, stickers, notebooks, etc., all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, the beauty of it there is that is you know it's uh, art by local artists, including you, Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of the proceeds from that actually go back to benefit a charity uh, here in Michigan that my wife and I have belonged to. For a long time called the uh, League of Enchantment, which does outreach uh, for children here at Michigan, hospital visits and things of that nature. So uh, jump on in there, uh, spend a bunch, get some good swag, promote <laughs> our shows, uh, and we'll be very happy that you did it. So, And um, uh, speaking, just be, before we completely wrap it up, speaking of some charity stuff, uh, I have to mention uh, there's a big charity push happened last weekend, especially, um, but we're still trying to raise some money for a good friend of Secret Friend, the, the Secret Friends family, really, Bobby Paul is the Nintendo guru. Uh, he's been on Secret Friends proper for pretty much every DC movie, I think, that has gone on since the DCEU started, basically, Charlie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Boy, yeah. Slugging it out. Pew, pew. Yeah. yeah he, and, he's, uh, he's the DC cat. And so he is the the foil to my Marvelisms. <laughs> Absolutely. But Bobby has been battling COVID in the hospital. He has been in the hospital since uh, late October, early November. Man. And uh, those those hospital bills are, are racking up for sure. Uh, he is apparently on the mend. We've, we've been getting updates from his family. Um, but we, we made a big push to do a big fundraising push this weekend, myself and a, and a bunch of streamers. Uh, we all banded together to try to raise some money for the Nintendo Guru uh, as he battles COVID. And um, I'm I'm very very happy to say that that as of right now we've got a little over twenty thousand dollars for him, uh, which which wow that is it, it, absolutely incredible yeah. Um, but you know the, like I said a, a few months in the hospital <laughs> in the states uh, you know the 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 more the better. So there is still a push. There are some fantastic fantastic prizes now most of this is gaming related so charlie might gloss over but they're giving away things like xboxes switches uh games i you know we we got hundreds of games donated uh as as prizes um pdp sent some stuff they do like cases and uh little light up things controllers um there are so many prizes so if you donate ten dollars Every ten dollars uh, gets you an entry to win any of these amazing prizes. Um, so if you're listening to this as it's released, we are still going until I want to say the twenty sixth. Okay. Uh, one awesome. second, I'm going to confirm that. Yes, until the twenty sixth, that is when we're going to be doing all the prizes. So if you want to or are able to donate, uh, that that would be very much appreciated. Until uh, the 26th, I mean, you can donate afterwards to the GoFundMe, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, but the 26th is when they're doing the prize draws. Like I said, multiple Xbox consoles, like the new ones, uh, Switch consoles. It, it's it's an amazing amazing drive. Um, so check it out. We've we've been re- retweeting and and sharing that kind of stuff. So uh, it's in the Facebook group. It's on Twitter. Uh, if you're interested, go there. Check it out. Help if you can, or uh, or just share it. Any any kind of uh, help spreading the word is appreciated. Excellent. Very good. Yes. Exactly. Give give, give often. We are all here for each other. Without a doubt. So, friends, again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, Mark, thank you again for talking Star Wars with me. Uh, I'm going to tell you, as always, that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. May the force be with you. Rex, play us out. <laughs>